honestly was glad I did it by myself so I could just cry. <laughs> Like alone, just like small theater, really. Just gotta get creative where you can. Glee just really shaped me into who I am as a person, and that's gonna be on my tombstone. I'm, I'm ready. I'm like six years old. Like, you know, take me to Pride Rock. I was sitting next to four 75-year-old women, and we were just partying. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Off to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And today's episode is super special. One, because we're in a bigger car. <laughs> and two, because we've got some special guests. So please welcome from Smile Theater, Jared Klein, Alex Panatin, and Georgia Bennett. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having us here. We're so excited to have you. Welcome to the car. Yeah. Beautiful. Is that an upside down trash receptacle? Yes. Yes! That is so clever! In some ways we're high budget, and in some ways we're very low budget. Oh but creative in all ways. It's like Smile Theater, really. You just gotta get creative where you can. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Smile Theater, you guys work for this company. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to us what it is? Yes. So, we are a not-for-profit that brings live musical theater all across the province. Well, I, Ontario is, is where we are right now, in case. Yeah, yeah all across Ontario. And uh, sometimes it's like condensed versions of popular musicals to suit a cast of three and a one hour running time. And sometimes it's, uh, like in our case, a, a brand new original musical that we just like pack up into our little Honda and build the sets. And we have the mics and the speakers and... What's so special, I think, about Smile is that we could get away with doing a lot less and, and people would be, you know, thrilled because it's live and it's a performance and, and music. But we really pull out all the stops. We really try to provide something really special and give them a real show like they're used to seeing in a traditional theatrical space. When I'm describing it to people, I, f- I feel like a good way to frame it is that Smile Theater brings theater to, to places where it's typically harder for those people to get out and go to theater. We bring the theater to you. How did you get involved, Georgia? So I started um, about two or three years ago, I think. Um, I actually got involved through Jared and um, our friend Emma, Alex's fiance. Um, she, they, they were doing the Smile Serenades intern program. I think were you the first yeah. interns? They were the first interns. So um, they were telling us all about how magical this thing was, and it just was really. It seemed like a really, really wonderful thing to be a part of, and then that's kind of what drew me in initially. And then um, for this show in particular. Um, well, they just approached me and asked me, which is really nice because we all went to school together and we're all good friends. Uh, and then, yeah, and that's how I'm involved with Smile Theater and then also Smile Serenades, which is exciting. If, oh, also, I should explain what Smile Serenades is, probably. Um, so it is sort of a part of Smile Theater that is, instead of bringing a fully-fledged show to um, a home, we bring people who can have conversations and sing songs that people can request or songs that just might be able to touch someone in a different way and people who can't come down to actually see the shows we go sometimes from room to room and it's more of a one-on-one type thing and it's more about the connection that you can make personally with with people and the places that we're going to and it's um it's just a different it's a different way of bringing music and 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 conversation to the places that we go to how did you guys get involved in theater in the first place what was your earliest memory of theater my earliest theater related memory was um begging my grandparents for tickets to the lion king because they had a Mervish subscription 
And uh, every time I'd see them, this was like for months, like leading up to when I knew they were going to either pop the question or not. If I wanted the, cause like my sister was the older one who always got the tickets. And I was like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like six years old. Like you take me to pride rock. Uh, so anyways. And then I remember when, uh, I like, <laughs> they they asked my sister and not me and then I went upstairs in a, in a flurry of tears <laughs> like what like it's gonna be so good anyways my other grandma <laughs> took me to get back no, anyways but uh yeah so eventually made it to Lion King but really uh I knew I wanted a career uh in theater when I uh got a ticket to see Wicked because my grandmother was ill at the time and again grandparents with the subscription I'm super super blessed and fortunate in that regard uh, and I have never felt so many emotions at, at once. I didn't know that kind of experience was actually possible. Um, and I just thought, you know, that there's some place in that world for me. And I always thought it was performing. And then just as you grow up, you learn that there's like so many other really exciting, unique roles that exist in this space outside of just, you know, being the person on the stage, which has been super cool. For me, my first theater memory, I think I was in, I was in grade two and I was part of like my school's choir. Uh, and then our choir was asked to play like the little town children in like a high school production of Music Man, uh, which I feel like I'd seen the movie or something before because uh, it was at my grandparents' house. Uh, and so that was like the first time I remember being on stage and that was just a lot of fun. But when you're in grade two, you don't really know what's going on. <laughs> but my first... The, when I knew I wanted to like pursue theater as like a thing was when uh, I think it was when I was in grade 11 and we were doing West Side Story uh, and I was cast as Riff, which is like a dancing role. and I never had really danced before and, you know, has enough singing and I hadn't sung too much before. Um, and I just I found myself desiring to work really hard at it. And I felt like it was something I really wanted to be good at. And uh, through the rehearsal process, um, with the amazing like drama teacher that we had and just the supportive network of people, I just realized it was like so much more than just an after-school hobby. I realized it was something that uh, meant a lot to me, and it, it, I found myself wanting to dedicate lots of time to this when I could have been, you know, hanging out with other people on my spare period or whatever. This was the thing that was on my mind. Um, yeah. I started when I was in, I think, grade four. I have a really hard time answering this question because I feel like there are so many different parts that made me realize I want to do it in like a different way. But in grade four, we had to do these things on Friday afternoons called Friday afternoon activities. And you could choose from like a bunch of different things. And like there was like sports and there was like stamp making, which I did one year, which was really, really fun. And then there was a drama one. And I was like, this one seems like a really fun time. And all of my friends were doing it. So I decided to do it too. And um, we did a little production of Madeline. I was cast in uh, the role of Miss Chloe because I was the tallest and um my only line in the whole show was saying la click and I said it like five or six times like it was just like a little like button on the end of scenes and people went crazy for it because I thought it was I was dressed like a nun it was amazing we all just sat in bleachers and like didn't move and just set our lines straight out to the audience um and then I like I loved doing that and I loved how it felt to be up there and be someone else um, so then I was kind of addicted when I did that the first time and then I kind of lost it for a little while and I started doing dance and I kind of didn't, I didn't sing and I didn't act because I, I was really shy as a kid. And, uh, then when I turned like 15, I was obsessed with Glee and then I did a Glee boot camp and we did, I think the first song was, um, 
the uh, hello hello good what was it called yeah yeah we did that and then i i just like sang that all day long when i got home my parents were like like do you like this song and i was like yeah i think i just like love singing and then i just continued doing it and then i just kind of never looked back and it was and my parents and my my grandparents are really musical and they've always been involved and they have like seasons tickets to my like hometown theater so it's kind of just yeah i don't think it can be overstated that i think glee came out at exactly the right moment for our generation it kind of not that it was like a cool show but it kind of was and like it it definitely made theater and like show choir kind of cool in a weird way uh i know for, at least for the people around me at the time it was it was very important i have to fully expose right now that jared and i met at our high school glee club Guys, we're going on 10 years now. That's crazy. And Jared got the first solo in the song. Was it Don't Stop Believing? Of course it was. Yeah, of course. (laughs) If you started a Glee club in the first season of Glee and your first song was not Don't Stop Believing, you were bound to fail. Okay, also I think that it must be stated that you can sometimes hear Georgia humming Hello, Goodbye to herself, (laughs) even today. Never done that. This is blasphemous. No, not at all. But yeah, Confirmed. it's true. I totally agree with you. The clubs was like a huge thing. It was like captured the zeitgeist of the moment for like our generation. It yeah, was, yeah. It was just really. Uh, I never finished it. I didn't make it past season five. I don't think. Um, but uh, we stopped when Finn died. I watched the episode. Well, he died, and, yeah. then, and then that was the last. Yeah. I I, I jumped back in for the finale and live tweeted it, and I was like, I'm not. I'm done with this. Um, my friend and I like a couple weeks ago, like too recent. We were just like we were watching this YouTube video called Glee Try Not to Cry, and it was like we didn't pass it. Like it was so upsetting, and then I was like, wow, Glee just really shaped me into who I am as a person, and that's gonna be on my tombstone. So, <laughs> did you guys all go to Sheridan? Yes. Yes, we did. Were you there at the same time? Same year, yeah. Oh, so that's where you met, obviously. Yeah. Hence my question, where did you guys meet? <laughs> no. So Jared, Jared and I were roommates for most of... Well, we were like next door neighbors in residence in first year, and then second through fourth year, we were roommates. Just uh, to interrupt you for a second, for everyone that's listening, Sheridan is a college here in Toronto. Um, or in Oakville. In Oakville, but like Toronto area. Yeah. And you guys studied musical theater. Yes, we, we were in the bachelor, the honors bachelor of music theater performance program, um, which... Was it's a pretty prestigious program in Canada. There's not as much music theater training available in Canada as there is in the states. The options are a little more limited, uh, and Sheridan is largely regarded to be one of the top places to study if you want to pursue music theater in Canada. Yeah, and lots of Glee clubs, though. So that should be mentioned. Am I right in saying that it was the first workshop for Come From Away? Was that Sheridan? Yes. Yes. Whoa. Our claim to fame. <laughs> the seniors love when we bring up Come From Away. They, they are so connected still to the theater. Well, I mean, depending on like if we're in long-term care and they're much older and cannot get out as much. But the definitely, yeah, it's totally on everyone's mind. It's pretty impressive. That was, that was a couple years before we uh, got to Sheridan. But we were there when Come From Away made its... The Broadway cast made its Toronto debut. We were all invited to like the opening uh, preview or... or dress rehearsal or something like that uh and there was just like such an immense pride even though we didn't really have a whole lot to do with it just knowing that it came from the same place that we've been spending the past four years uh even to this day you know it's, it's such a, a point of pride for i think all of canada but i think especially those of us that went to sheridan you no know, i was gonna say i have not been that emotional in a theater 
for a long time since come from away just the opening number when they're saying welcome to the rock and you're like oh i'm canadian and that that emotion so i can't even imagine even being more connected to it and well she also that. cries in every show that that's we true. see okay. ever, so like, not a good <laughs> okay. but that's yeah i think it's uh i think it has that effect on many people yeah so i can't imagine the seniors who are maybe remember more as opposed to me who was eight when that happened so yeah mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. And it's it's also, I think, important to mention that I don't know if Come From Away was the first, was in the first year of the Canadian Musical Theatre Project. It was. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, like a capstone project that all fourth year students at Sheridan take part in, where it's like, I don't know, I think it's like a six week process where we're in the room with a writing team like every day for a bunch of hours getting a new musical off the ground. And now all the incoming Sheridan students see what is possible with the global phenomenon that now is come from away and then feel this immense pride and intimate like ownership over like their role in that piece and their responsibility to bring it to life, you know, as authentically with as much, uh, you know, dedication as they can uh, because you're watching it play out all over. Like it's, it's such a cool thing to even be a part, not just only of like come from away success, but a part of the structure that got come from away to where it is, which is just as important as the show i'll say i've been lucky enough to see a couple of your sheridan shows and you guys are amazing dogfight is (laughs) i was so betrayed that i wasn't invited to dogfight yeah we talked about this in a previous episode we did a culty musical episode and dogfight is definitely a culty musical that not a lot of people know i almost can't listen to dear evan hansen i don't think it's nearly as good i think dog Dog dogfight to me is like the best post 2000s score I think I've heard I, it's, it's a like a bold tragedy claim, but... that it didn't transfer to Broadway yeah. I know I think Pasig and Paul are on such a trajectory I, I, I'd be amazed if it doesn't get at least some kind of like encores performance because I think like undeniably the, the score is super strong I know that people have issues with like elements of the story but well I think it it kind of kind of tries to address anyway the the gender dynamics in it and the it's not just saying oh this is funny it's really trying to address what she's going through what he's going through and yeah. uh, try to say something about it. The characters it. are deeply flawed, which <laughs> yes. not everyone is on board for that kind of story, but I think if you can look at it as like, these are imperfect people in a very imperfect time, then I think there's a lot to appreciate I'm about I'm always it. about flawed people when I see <laughs> musicals. You know this. Yeah. Yes. When I saw, I went to opening night of Dear Evan Hansen. I just got student rush and I went and I saw Pascal and Paul waiting outside and I just <laughs> wanted to go up to them and be like, hi, I love Dogfight and then leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, I love that and then just that's it. But uh, yeah, no, to? I agree. Well, I didn't want to, like, interrupt them. It was a big night for them. When I was at Anastasia, I told Derek Lennon that I loved Dogfight. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. It was a great moment. I will say, though, I got to see Dogfight because I wasn't in it at Sheridan, and that, I think, was... That's so the you're going to say the off-Broadway Dogfight. It's like, whoa. <laughs> no, but I think even better in some cases because I got to see these guys do it, and to me, that's kind of the definitive performance. Uh, Georgia played Rose and yeah, Jared amazing. played Bernstein. It was just, you guys killed it. Good job, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Did you have the haircut? Did you have, like, the buzz? Oh, yeah, I can show you. Oh, is my... Well, it's okay, send the, it uh, to us. We're going to tweet it. I, it's, it's my um my driver's license photo. Oh, no. It's, like, a total mugshot with uh, just this very, very like thin film of hair. Yeah, it's pretty jokes. <laughs> and you guys so perform... You only do shows in fourth year or third year, too? Third year, we're in the ensemble, usually of... Uh, like, one yeah, show. you've one show that you're in the ensemble for. Mm-hmm. It's so long to wait to perform. I'm sure it, you're... That was, like, the thing I feel like, I don't know, 
I mean, I definitely can't speak for you guys, but maybe you agree with this. Just the idea that, like, when you were telling your friends about Sheridan, that was always the big point of conversation. Like, oh, and we don't get to do shows until... Th- so everyone's like, whoa, like, that's such a long time. And I, I can personally vouch that like, being at Sheridan, there's so many new things that you're exposing yourself to and, like, trying, and there's so much to learn that it. I never felt that way. There's so many performance opportunities in the class that I was, like, loving that the training was super rigorous before we got that opportunity and when it came we were like so excited and so game for it so yeah I thought it would feel longer than it did do you guys feel the same way like what Jared was saying we do a lot of I guess in first and second years and third year actually specifically we do they used to be called critiques but I think they're called creative projects now and there um there's one I actually don't know how it is at Sheridan anymore but when we were there there was one uh, a dance one in second year and then a pop critique and a, an acting critique in third year and then all of those were all three of those were self-driven projects where you everyone had to like create something in the vein of like a uh, commercial performance so like for pop for pop critiques we went to buddies and bad times and we all had a 15 minute set of oh like, i was there you were yeah. oh wow yeah so you that's do like everything. you do literally everything. everything that one is the most i think that's like the best example of like a public performance the rest of them we do uh just at the school for basically like if parents want to come and then other students in the school but um the pop critiques felt like they it was the first time we'd like stepped out of Sheridan to perform and it was it was we do it right before um the second term second semester starts when people start getting cast in shows in third year and I always I never felt like I was getting like starved of performance opportunities because we had so many things like that and even just performing for each other in class like there was you're performing like honestly performing like 12 hours a day as even if it's not for like a public crowd it's yeah, I never it didn't feel like that long because we had things like that. I I agree. I think uh yeah, we're we're busy. You get to do that's Sheridan's like where everyone gets their first chance to not only just perform, but you're forced to choreograph a full dance, one with yourself as the lead and then another uh that you're not in just shaping like an ensemble in a dance number. Um you have a writing class where you have to write a 15-minute musical. Um, you may have never written lyrics before, and you, you just kind of have to, or you fail the class, <laughs> which is, a, like, deadlines are an amazing thing. I think even outside of school, it's it's a fundamental thing, at least for me, to getting quality work done. Um, but I think Sheridan just really kicks your butt in that way with just giving you a lot of different things to have to do, and you're not... Because once you graduate, if you're pursuing performing then that's what you're doing you're doing shows and the training isn't necessarily continuing unless you're finding those opportunities for yourself um and so you know if there was a moment or two of frustration with not being like in a musical that's uh, you get over that because you're you're so busy working on so many different skills that you might not get to develop uh unless you choose to later on yeah so let's talk about your show Mm -hmm. the smile theater you guys were touring it. It is called Back to Before a Bingo Bonanza. Mm. You guys were on tour, like you said, so across. So refreshing that you got it right. I was gonna say <laughs> the first person. Yeah. We love you. hearing senior citizens try and <laughs> yeah. say the name of the show. What are some? Or just program coordinators. Yeah. Back to be Bingo Bonanza. <laughs> bingo Bonanza was the. That's good though. <laughs> I like that. Bonanza. It's a sequel, Bonzana. maybe. Yeah. So you guys were on tour, and mm. you perform mostly in retirement homes. Yes. So it's largely retirement homes, but also. Uh, some hospitals, some community centers. It's largely f- for a uh, a senior audience, but not 100% all the time. Um, like we said before, just 
places where maybe it's more challenging for people to get themselves out there to see theater, uh, we'd bring it to their common spaces, some like churches as well. Where did bingo come from? So um, I have worked with Smile a bunch of times on and off. I've toured like a different show with them. Just unbe- unbelievable experience with this company. Uh, and uh, I was at an event where Tom Carson, the general manager of Smile, was also there. We were like having a beer, hanging out. And he's like, Jared, like we need some new material for smile like when are you gonna write something bro southern yeah he's yeah he's a little bit southern it's really cute he just puts it on sometimes we love tom uh anyways so uh, (laughs) so he was like when are you gonna write something for us and uh i was like oh tom gosh you know how funny it would be if we uh if we if we came to senior home saying that we were running a, a bingo game and then Something crazy happened and we just descended into musical mayhem and it became a full-on bingo musical to the delight and shock and awe of the audience. So the original concept was to trick people? Yes, in this? exactly. <laughs> okay, amazing. 100%. Always a strong place to start. I'm yeah. sad that this is not where it's at, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, like, I think us too and, like, a little bit, of, like, that would be so interesting and fun to try to play with what's possible in that sense. And, like, also because in these senior homes and like i cannot stress how much we were thinking of our audience and our environment when we were crafting this like their days are quite monotonous the food doesn't change that much their schedules do not change that much and no one's really working that hard to surprise them on an epic scale and i thought if we could do this this would be truly you know special um but because of the wide uh varying audience that we serve of all all different cognitive abilities it eventually had to become more of a traditional show where we have a bingo game that's totally uh participatory and like live and can be like in the show and also can be immediately just taken out and the show goes on completely without it and does not rely on it at all just expanding on that uh yeah that was just really the writing we went through several iterations of what the premise of this thing was going to be starting from that base of like we're coming in telling them it's a game and then it starts a gorilla bingo a a gorilla musical gorilla bingo yeah the the king kong of (laughs) yes um change you forever stop anyone who's listening to king kong knows no one's listened to king kong what jerry and i have both seen no one knows you saw it i saw it i saw it yeah yeah the two the two people (laughs) so it really started with king kong um yeah, but so we went through several iterations. This also, side note, this is the first um, musical that Jared and I have ever written. Yeah, congratulations, Thank guys. You. Yeah, it was, uh, it's been like a truly exciting experience. Like we, yeah. w- while we were roommates in school, um, it's something we always talked about. But without that deadline or without that opportunity or a, or a specific goal to work towards, at least for me, I find it hard to, to say yes to an idea because uh, nothing ever seems good enough right away because it's it's so unrefined right yeah. um but as soon as we had this deadline okay guys you're gonna write this bingo musical and your first show is gonna be january 28th we're like okay great this was like early october this was like early october not a lot of time but like enough time we uh we were fairly available during most of this time anyway so uh we got to meet quite a bit um so we went through several iterations and just kept once again bringing it back to like what kind of audience are we dealing with here or what kinds of audiences um and like jared said just the 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 difference from audience to audience in terms of who's actually capable of playing a game of bingo changes so much so but we still wanted to keep that excitement and bring something they hadn't seen before and something that would surprise them um and i think ultimately what our final product is 
uh, largely does achieve that. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get more into to this as well, but just like it changes so much space to pace and the, and the audience is, has been quite a character in each performance we've done. Oh, yeah. And some venues, this show works like you wouldn't believe. And then in other venues, it's, uh, it's still in a way not quite, uh, fathomable for for certain audiences and that's okay because we still bring like an energy and overall that like youthful energy at the very least is is refreshing for them yeah give yeah. them the zest <laughs> what are some standout audience moments that's what i want to hear about, we were talking about <laughs> this today. Yeah. um now i can't remember any of them. the money one. Oh, the oh that was a good oh. one <laughs> so um there was one show um it was like the end of the week. It was a Saturday. We were like so tired. We were ready for a day off. And then it was an amazing crowd and we were so happy about it. And there had been this woman that was there while we were setting up as well. And she was like dancing with us and having a good time. And then she was sitting in the front row and like clearly was enjoying the show the whole time. And then as we were doing the last number, she got up out of her seat and like charged, charged in quotations towards me and then opened my shirt up, stuck a 20 in it and then just like walked away. And I was like, what just happened that's never happened to me in my life and it was like I can't even express I've felt an emotion that I've never felt before and then probably will never feel again in my life Miss Kim and she was so sweet she just like thought that I uh, I guess we deserved a $20 bill after that on the flip side of that on totally flip side I remember early on in our run uh, back when the show was still being refined here and there um, we had had a few very successful runs, but then we, we had this one venue. It was quite small, and there was a lady in the front row who was just not having a good time, just talking full volume like, this is the worst show I ever saw. Just, and that that was like a challenging show to get through, for sure. Uh, so, you know, no $20 bills that day. But that's okay. We pushed on. Yeah. <laughs> There's also just something so... Like, some of the seniors that remain... You know, with there's so many, you know, difficult circumstances that they have to deal with on a daily basis. And when they bring their freaking A game and just like a big smile to everything, that's the most inspiring. Like when we hand out a bingo card and we're like, sir, a game of bingo. And he goes with the biggest smile, I'm blind. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, <laughs> moving on. You know, like that's just like the best. They're just so, or, or, or just the people that, you know, you know, maybe even like language is, is not uh, available to them given their state right now. And, uh, you know, midway through the bingo dance, which is like, our, I guess the biggest production number in it's the our show. It's favorite moment of the show. Oh, great. I'm glad you like, uh, and, uh, there's a, <laughs> we had someone at the back just with this nice drone note, happen, just, oh, and like he perfectly, went on like perfectly 30, like doing. 30 seconds. Like it was like impressive. Like I just wanted to applaud for him, but there's like so much that needs to go on. But that same show, there was another woman in the front row who at a different time of the show was like, oh, yeah. and it was just, they were just singing along with us. Or someone who, love. yeah, someone who was like totally comatose for like the, the entire show at the end. And then it, 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 there's like this one big moment where it's like, there's three overlapping melodies and it's leading up to like the emotional peak of the show, the climax, some might say. And uh, yeah, this lady was like essentially half asleep the whole show. And then at the end of that, she just goes, bravo, bravo. <laughs> like what what well we saw your show in a public setting but we have also seen your show at a retirement home yes. it is a very different experience so i'm sorry to say that the second time we weren't really watching you guys we were watching everybody else because so it's just crazy far more interesting yeah. So we yeah and and there was a guy that was sleeping and then when you guys started singing bingo he like woke up and started singing bingo with you and it was 
really like cute. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the composition we're most proud of. Yeah, we didn't write the bingos, unfortunately. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys got to see that, that uh, public performance and also this, because, like you said, very different. The public one was kind of overwhelming for us because it was our first time having our peers, let alone people just our own age, really, or people in the theater industry seeing it. Um, and as you saw, like, they just kept piling into the room and it just was breaking so many fire codes but oh yeah it was that was like a truly electric night and that was like quite far into our run already um and we just had never experienced that kind of warm reaction and that, that kind of uh affirmation that like okay like this this show definitely in this venue works so well and, and was uh so much more successful than we could even imagine um but also in a venue like today i'd say today was a very successful show as well but just clearly very different energy um and What's interesting is that we also get to watch the audience while we perform it. Um, and sometimes we're just a little distracted because what they're doing is so captivating. Do you guys ever adjust to what the audience is doing? Totally. Um, we, had a, we had one of our best shows ever a couple days ago. Um, and we love those venues where like the audiences feel like it's appropriate for them to call out and participate with us. Um, in some shows that doesn't work, but in this show we, we thrive off that. And so someone uh, pointed out like the lucky chair and was like, oh, can I sit there? And I was like, no, 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 we can't sit there. Um, and then sh we just kept, kept like bringing her back into the show whenever we could. We kind of were like razzing her a little bit, but in like a really fun way. Um, Cause that was just like the audience was digging it and she was loving it. Um, and so we just we love finding those little like nuggets of like how can we make this show so tailored to this audience in this moment yeah. so you guys co-wrote this music and everything so alex wrote the book and we wrote music and lyrics together so how did you get involved georgia well um i was back home when they started writing it in october i was back home doing a contract in i'm from british columbia originally so i was back there living at home and then right before I was about to leave and like come back and I was like, oh, I'm jobless. That sucks. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get back. And I was like getting so upset. And then Alex was like, can you call me ASAP? And I was like, what? What could possibly what could Alex possibly be calling me about? And then he called me and he was like, hey, we have this thing. Um, do you want to do it? We like really need to know. And I was like, OK. Uh, I, I, and he gave me all the details and stuff. And he was like, he's like, we're going to call you tomorrow. And then like, tell me if it's a, a yes or a no. And they called me the next day. I was like, yeah, it's like it was never a no. It was always going to be a yes because there had been originally someone else was going to do it. And then something else came up and then they were like looking for someone else. And I'm so glad that they asked me. And it's been uh, it's been crazy ever since. And it's just been, yeah, crazy. Yeah. The reason I was like, I need to know ASAP, but also I need you to think about it is because it's not like most other shows. We were asking her to be available every single day for three months, um, except Sundays is our day off. Um, yeah, we, we had like a quite small scheduling issue with the person we had before, but even that was enough to kind of derail the, the what it takes to like make sure this show can, you know, do what it sets out to do, especially it being our first show. Um and the other person was just, she had a, an amazing opportunity and we were like, go do that. We, we can totally, let's see if George is available. And we were so lucky that she was. Uh, and it's honestly worked out for the absolute best. Wow, I love Georgia a lot. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I was going to ask, Georgia, how many characters do you play in the show? Because you're always coming out as a new person. I, I for, always forget. I think I, I think it's five. Yeah, I don't know how many changes there are, but it's definitely... More there's, than that. Yeah, there's more than five changes, but there is five characters including like the barker which i played for like two seconds but yeah it's uh it's definitely been stretching my uh quick change skills for sure and it's been really interesting to not be involved in the writing process when they were like crafting the whole thing 
um, and just getting sent the script and like, what is this? Sh- what is happening? I don't I have, no, I have no concept. I hadn't heard any of the music. And then um, it's been it's been really exciting to be. I love working on new musicals. It's like I it's like a passion of mine, and it's really exciting to be also just like in it while it's being rewritten. Then like we'll rehearse something and then like immediately perform it like ten minutes later, and always trying to and and yeah. And I don't know, it's just like not being in your guys's brains. And then um, it's just really interesting to see where it, where it started when I first read it and having not seen any of the original work that has that went into making it. And then where it is now also, there was like a phase where I think every show for a month was like different somehow. And it's it's we got to a place where it was it was a little bit more um, consistent and um like the actual script itself but it was like really exciting to be trying something new all the time and it was um it was a lot of improv in the moment just to, to speak to the all the rewriting like on the go so like we've said several times now each audience is very different than the last it's not like your typical like wherever like audience commercial theater where that will more or less be a consistent audience in terms of the things they react to uh, but in our case because sometimes we'd have an audience that would like love a joke but wouldn't express it in in a certain way or you know we'd have several shows in a row where like they were not digging one part um it just took longer to get an overall consensus of what was working or what just didn't work on that one day um so it was quite a uh, a process of like finding the moments that are overall generally the most positive and the ones that are generally over people's heads or just not landing in the way that we wanted them to um so yeah, that was that that was definitely a long process, but we had the freedom to really do whatever we wanted, um, and that freedom gave us a lot of uh, leeway. So other than King Kong, did you have any musical like inspirations for the show? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I feel like I, I just kept thinking, what, what's gonna make them want to dance? How can we just be a lightning bolt of energy and warmth and excitement? how can I write something that's like really sonically pleasing and upbeat and something that I'd want to freaking get down to, but that's like not so far out of their wheelhouse of like the musical um, worlds that they've been steeped in for their formative years. But uh, yeah, like I was definitely listening to like a lot of Motown flavors and especially a lot of Stevie Wonder. Like, I feel like there is no way around, like, I don't think I could ever not bring up, like Alan Menken and Howard Ashman whenever I'm talking about influences because there's something about revisiting the music that shaped you as a kid as an adult and really picking it apart and going holy like this is brilliant like I was steeped in some of the highest quality musical craftsmanship at such a young age and didn't really realize just how good it was and just how many doors it opened for me subconsciously so I think that like in anything I approach that like 90s Disney world will be present in some way I will always be uh, influenced by that for me so I've in living with Jared, I've I've gotten to hear a lot of the things that he's written over the past few years, um, and his like overall style, which is a style that I, I truly love and am constantly amazed by. Um, and I, Jared has an you're especially good, I find that like writing these like really Motowny like funky songs. Um, and I just haven't had that experience of like writing a lot. Um, and so to me, I I set out kind of trying to balance what I knew Jared was gonna bring to it with um, 
something that I, I knew the senior citizens would like resonate with as well. Um, so I was drawing a lot from like more like a vaudeville, like, uh, you know, golden age kind of music theatery sound or like a, a tin pan alley for, for certain moments. Um, and it was really exciting to see how we could blend that with also music that like really inspires us and makes us want to dance and hopefully make them want to dance. Um, and then I was also looking at shows. We want them to dance. <laughs> we yes. want them to dance. Do they dance? Do they ever dance? Yeah. Like get up? Sometimes we get them Sometimes, to get up. Yeah. yeah. Getting up is a little bit more rare, unfortunately, but there's so many yeah. factors. Not unheard of. But not unheard of. Um, and then I was looking at shows like uh, Putnam County Spelling Bee, um, which to me was the closest thing to what we were trying to do in that it's a show that incorporates the audience and it's kind of like a contest game kind of show um, that the audience is there for um and i was just looking at what kind of things they do and how that works and how the uh integration works uh and then also like a show like you're in town that takes a really silly premise very very seriously in this like self-aware kind of way which i feel like is kind of the tone we were going for here and there um yeah but we we were just kind of letting it become we were letting it uh, we were discovering what it was as we went i wouldn't say there was one thing we were trying to set out for it to be um because it's our first time yeah yeah but also like king kong you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) amazing well we are inspired by your bingo bonanza so we are going to have a game of broadway bingo so this is sort of like if you guys have ever played icebreaker bingo we will be pulling (laughs) the squares that are on this board and if you guys have a funny story or anything to go along with what you are dabbing you need to expose it okay okay great so you dab if you have it everyone has the same thing um and if it applies to you okay ready yes has performed in a different language my choir sang petit papa noel uh the ottawa parliament building so uh I guess I'm going to call that as a yes. I think I have one too. Um, it, it was uh, There was some Hebrew involved. Uh, when I was in uh, Fiddler on the Roof at my high school, I was at... Sorry, I need to interrupt. That is the greatest Jared performance I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's been a long road downhill since. Oh, uh, I didn't mean that in a bad way. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. no it was a really special show. And uh, so there was this uh, synagogue that heard that there was a good tevye at this, this... It was a theater that was like a all-purpose theater that was attached to my high school so they got in touch and found out it was a high school production but still hired me to come to their uh synagogue and and do this like tevia medley with like a 60 piece orchestra which was crazy and if that wasn't crazy well also there's like a rabbi who really wanted the role at the synagogue and he was super bitter with the fact that this like 15 year old kid beat him out for the role of tevia anyways and then <laughs> this orchestra invited me to their christmas concert so i did this hebrew like fiddler on the roof medley like w- like wreaths and like christmas like, you're lights. aware like, that this is not yeah, this is a jewish they show. were having a maybe even more fun than the people at the synagogue so the more you know. Okay, next one is messed up a quick change. I'll oh, start us off. I have messed up many a quick change. Steph is a dancer. <laughs> yes. Ooh. So I have had to do a quick change into a tutu that is all fisheye hooks down the back. And no one can see in the dark backstage. So you have to leave and get out. The music is starting. My tutu is not done. <laughs> so I was like, can you wait? Can we just stop? We need to stop. I made it. It was fine. Good. But it was, uh, <laughs> It was great. Has an audition horror story. What constitutes a horror story? Every audition is kind of a horror story. (laughs) I just like, I don't enjoy auditioning. That's what I'll say. It's not fun. Uh, Won the lottery for a show. Yes, I want to answer this one. We were in New York. Uh, There's a group of five of us. And out of the five of us, 
three of us won the lottery to Rocky Broadway. Yeah. Only one of us had spent $90 and purchased the ticket beforehand and was bitter about it. It was between Rocky and Bridges in Madison County, and we saw Rocky. I stand behind my decision is all I'm going to say. These are two of my faves, honestly. <laughs> but we met we met Flaherty and Aaron's there, uh, which was Whoa. kind of cool to talk to them. Yeah. That's amazing. Jared didn't want to talk to them because I was a little nervous. A little nervous. He was a little nervous about what we were seeing. I won before. the SpongeBob musical lottery. And I also won the Wicked in-person lottery. Dude, I think those are the same lotteries I've won. <laughs> yes. That's wow. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. You, you have the best lottery story. What? That I won the Book of Mormon lottery three wow. times. What? <laughs> and Gavin Krill was out all three times. Oh, this is true. No. Oh it's in Toronto. God. That's tough. He's like, did she win it again? <laughs> I'm not going on. Basically. That's a show. I enjoy Book of Mormon, but it is a show that gets worse every time you see it. Really? Oh, yeah. That's so sad. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Whoa. It's, I've seen the bootleg, but I haven't uh, seen it. <laughs> we do not condone bootlegs on this podcast. No. But we've all <laughs> seen every bootleg yeah. possible. <laughs> um, let's go perform a role in the opposite a gender georgia <laughs> georgia you need to you need a story here well his name is buster bronson oh true <laughs> in back to before bingo bonanza he's the president of the ontario bingo coalition and he wears a cowboy hat and oh. a shawl and a and, beard uh, one time and a beard one time but then i like almost choked on it so i had to stop yeah. wearing it. <laughs> so many flyaways cut the beard i have the most random play the opposite gender one so i was in my elementary school we had this after school program that you could pay for called the drama queens mm. And if you performed in one show and got a lead, it meant that you couldn't be a lead again. So I was in The Wizard of Oz and I was Dorothy. But the second show was Hairspray. Oh. I was Seaweed. Whoa. <laughs> That's still a lead. I was also IQ. I, uh, I played Miss Hannigan in uh, summer camp. And I think it was like grade summer of grade eight and uh, brought the house down. I also played uh, Captain Jack Sparrow in grade five in <laughs> drama class. It was amazing. I had to pretend to be drunk and I was like 11. So it was, uh, I wish I could see that again. I wish I could be out of my body and see it again. That would be the best Instagram of all time. Watching just like young kids play drunk. Just a compilation of videos of just, oh, that would be so cute. Okay, if anyone's listening that, yeah. Oh, I have one more idea that I think musical theater people, if, if they're, Okay, we were talking about this in the in the car yesterday. How many times have you had your uh, your, your 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 like iPhone like on uh, shuffle and the the party's bopping and the, all of a sudden dear old shiz comes on and the party comes to a screeching halt? We need to organize. We need an app, need an app to just like check off all the songs you'd never want to come on shuffle in a party, so that your your parties can you know exist dear old shiz free schma from parade schma from schma i didn't think we were gonna hit up schma from that is an amazing idea it is it's it's an epidemic honestly no one is talking about the the amount of times to break in a glove comes on from jervin hands we're like skip has anyone listened to that song in its entirety moving on there's only two people that will be able to check this one off but thanks spider-man turn off the dark is good Oh my god, you too? Oh yeah, I saw Whoa. it. Whoa! Loved it. Welcome to our fan club. Yeah, I know, we, we talk about it. I, I have the it's CD um, of the, the, the soundtrack, oh my god, the cast album. I would get in so much trouble for saying soundtrack. The cast album. Uh, I saw it on Broadway. It was like the, one of the first shows I'd ever seen. I saw Phantom first, and then I saw that. And there was a technical difficulty. <laughs> the goblin just like talked for like 20 minutes. And I was like, is this what Broadway is? Wait, What's going on? Upset? Like... He did. He, it was like St. Patrick's Day, so we had all the green jokes. It was oh, pretty crazy. Wow. That's the dream to be in a show that stops, honestly. Yeah. Sure. How many times have you seen Spider-Man? Too many times. How many? Five. Yes, <laughs> I've seen it many. twice. You've seen it twice? Oh. Ugh, I would see it. Do you yeah. see Reeve Carney every time? Uh, it's like eight Spider-Mans. Uh, yes. 
tickets mainly. Yes, but like rush tickets for 90% of those performances. Oh, I yeah. played full price. Oh, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> Did you TKTS it though at least? No. <laughs> Steph is horrified. I am horrified, honestly. Um, first kiss was in a show. No, I think I did it the old-fashioned way. When it's like my my girlfriends of Spider-Man turn off the dark and they stopped and the Green Goblin was doing a stand-up comedy routine like, and I kissed her right then. <laughs> Anyways, that's just fake news. Let's move on. Forgot a line in a show. Oh, God. Does anyone... Does that not apply to anyone? It didn't apply to Yeah, I've definitely... Of course. And we were talking about this the other day. When you forget a line in a show, time slows down yeah. and all of a sudden... It could be just three seconds that you're paused, but it feels like three millennia. To me, at least. And no thoughts go through your brain in that time. When you're forgetting a line because the, the <laughs> program co- coordinator is going through the uh, going through the audience, uh, asking each person if they want ginger ale oh. to each specific senior. Oh my god! Because they all need to be addressed individually. That'll that'll do it sometimes. Yeah. Well, there it is. I have never forgotten a line because I did not speak on stage, Mm. but as a dancer, I remember forgetting one dance move, and I don't even know if I actually forgot it, maybe I just went blank and thought I forgot it, but I just remember crying as a 10-year-old, like, so upset. I can relate. Just, like, the emotion of it. I can relate. I can relate. (laughs) If I lose one dance step, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just done for the rest of the all you think about. Yeah. Just left stage sobbing. Yeah. My mom's like, what happened? Nothing was, happened. Yeah, me too. I was in a production of Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. at camp, and I was Mrs. Potts and saying <sighs> Beauty and the Beast <sighs> and saying the same, the first verse twice. Nobody noticed except for me, who was crying backstage yeah. the entire rest of the show. I love that. I just also love the way that we, people have different like strategies of when you do forget a line, how you how you save the moment. Like some people, like Georgia's tragedy. My tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> you like to just say the line before. Just a slower, few times a until you slower. get it. I feel like I just kind of like mumble. I don't. I don't really. No, say you're English. like when you forget a line, you can like improv it really easily. Oh, yeah. Like I never notice when yeah, you forget uh, a line. When I forget it. a line, it's like I just no, I'm nothing comes out of my mouth. I say the line one more time, and then I'm like, sorry, it's up to you now <laughs> to figure yeah. out what I just did. <laughs> when I forget a line, an audience member walks out. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare they? Yeah, side note: um, Every bingo? time I look at this bingo board. Uh, and I see the word ships as one of the things. I think it's something to do with the last ship. It happened to me three times. And it's, I keep seeing that it's not nothing to do with the last did ship. Did you see I, it? I did see it. And? Yeah, it was it was an unforgettable experience. <laughs> oh my, I feel like I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in a good way? I don't way? know, like many mixed We all love staying right. here. We all we love staying. Love staying, some gorgeous music, and actually maybe the best use of projections. I, I love the projections. I was, we watched, we watched the, the last ship in concert video when we were in school. They just think oh. doing it like as a concert it of music. It was unbelievable. I loved it so much. Yeah. It just works not as good on stage. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Um, has seen a show outside of North America. Yes. yes. George and I saw, we saw Lion King at Shanghai Disney. In Mandarin. Whoa. In Mandarin. And we also saw Chicago at a performing arts school there. And it's cool. In in uh, China, they'll do the book in Mandarin, but sing the songs in English. Wow. Yeah, which is... Uh, and some of them don't speak English other than those songs. So uh, apparently a lot of the rehearsal time is dedicated to like, learning yeah. the English pronunciation. It was really cool. It was unique. Yeah. yeah. Ours are not as fun. I've seen a West End show, but... Yeah, I've seen West End as well. I saw a marionette adaptation of The Sound of Music in, in Salzburg, Austria. Sure. It was actually... <laughs> an unbelievable experience across the board. I would recommend it to anyone. I'd go back <laughs> specifically just to see that show and then I'd leave immediately. That was enough of Salzburg. Oh my God, you guys, yeah. I have bingo. What? No, you don't. No, it's not a lie. 
I'll just take that back. Sorry, you don't. You don't call me. Sorry, sorry. I was. Yeah, oh, guys, we here. gotta sing bingo it's if we here. get it. Yeah, yeah. can't wait. Okay? Yeah. Tara, I've never heard you. S- oh, yeah, I have. That's a we lie. <laughs> so it's, it's been a long time. Uh, wrote a musical. Yeah. Woo! Wait, Alex wrote it. That's why we're here. Oh, That's why we're here. We, we all, the three of us, all get to check that off, though. Because yeah, you we, totally do. Well, also, just at school and at Sheridan, you have to write a 15 minute musical, which counts. You know? Yeah. I say mm-hmm. that counts. It um, does. Yeah. Has injured themselves on stage. Emotionally? <laughs> sure. Get <laughs> with that one. I don't know. I, I just I just thought it was funny. I have nothing to say. I, I haven't. No. Knock on... I choked one time when I was in dogfight. I was eating rice and then I choked. But I didn't injure myself. Yeah, so play the game, Georgia. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, didn't you say the other day there were like the pop blood vessels on your... Yeah, I just have like so, a weird yeah, bruise can... on my arm. <laughs> I figured out I think it's when you hit me, Alex, in the show. Whoa. But it's like, when do I hate you? But it's literally so light that I think I just... I'm frail. Things are steaming fragile. up. We don't... Repeated. There's no hitting. There's no hitting. There's no violence there's in no this violence. show. I'm gonna check that off. Um, nominated for an award for their work. Um... Alex, I just, this is a good opportunity for me to tell you that I want to give you an award <laughs> for being so freaking awesome this entire That's process. not a nomination, that's just a win. Sorry, you, uh, and, uh, you are nominated and you won. Who's against me? Who, uh, um, Tom Carson. <laughs> Georgia, you, well, I guess, I guess we haven't been nominated. We've either just gotten awards that's or fine. not gotten I've awards. Oh. What do you mean nominated? Well, I was going to say for dogfight, but. You yeah, just won. True. You were, like, nominated. I was also nominated. I, this is like my worst nightmare talking about things I've been nominated for. <laughs> but I was nominated for um, a Broadway World Award for Rumspringer Break, oh, yeah. an Amish musical that yeah, I was yeah, that yeah. started as a CMTP and then we did it at the Next Stage Festival last year. And then also for a My Entertainment World Award for that show as well. Oh my god, I want to kick myself for saying that right <laughs> no. now. Wow. Um, I share that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Has seen the same show three times. Yep. Yes, yep. for yes, sure. Yes, yes. Saw Marathon of Hope at Sheridan 16 times. Whoa. I think I saw Parade uh, like eight times. Yeah. I've seen Wicked eight times. Wow. I wish I had seen Wicked eight <laughs> times. That's in a chill through my body. Like, I, I really wish I'd seen it eight times. <laughs> wow. Yeah, at school, um, a great job that we could have was just ushering, uh, ushering for the shows. So I saw like Hello Dolly and Parade and In the Heights and every show that they did while we were there, like upwards of 10 times each. Which I kind of actually enjoy it. I find like once you've gotten over that like fourth show hump, <laughs> then you kind of just like you're enjoying the nuance of how each one is a little bit different. Or <laughs> the like, terrible twos. <laughs> <laughs> the awkward stage. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Book of Mormon for me will go back up. If Maybe. I see yeah. it again. Yeah. Yes. After I hit True. chapter four and yeah. that'll be the low. Exactly. And then five will really just ascend. Totally. Yeah. Uh, has gone to the theater alone. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh my that God. is my default. Yeah. What was your favorite show that you saw by yourself? Do um, you know? Uh, I saw Dr. Silver by myself when it was like uh, like Britta and Annika Johnson's show. Um, I saw it by myself and it was a crazy experience to see it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah. I saw Jukebox Hero. I was sitting by myself. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, fine. My roommate was in it, so yeah. Awesome. Mine's the Cher show. Oh my god. You saw the Cher show? The share show. Whoa. She saw the share show. <laughs> I was sitting next to four seventy-five-year-old women, and we were just partying the entire show. Wow. Oh, that's a Did you love, was oh it my like god, the best. Yeah. I can't wait. Is it like full narrative show, or is it more of like a concert kind of? Thing? Oh no, it's a full show. Okay, cool. There's three of them. 
Think like mm-hmm. biopic musical, but three people playing the same part. Is it like um, Tina the musical with like three of them? Like at different Yeah. Seasons? Like Summer? Dawn, yeah. Oh, yeah. Summer. As opposed to the, we- <laughs> the West Side where yeah, Cher plays every three. part by herself. <laughs> yes. The Cher musical, three yeah. people play Cher. Yeah. I love that. Jared, what, everything is in equilibrium once. <laughs> Jared, what did you see by yourself? Oh gosh, I don't know. I every feel like grade. a lot of things. I just like, I don't, like nothing. Huh, I don't know. I'm, uh, nothing really stands what? out to me. I'll get back to you. Just like something that was like a really chilling experience on my own. I just saw a few weeks ago Jeremy Hansen for the first time mm-hmm. by myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I honestly was glad I did it by myself so mm-hmm. I could just cry mm-hmm. like alone. Though I made friends with a girl next to me and we just cried together and I had so much snot and then I just wiped it away and I'm like, I'm glad no one got to see me like this. Yeah, and then when we that. see it again with my friends, yeah, yeah. it'll be, I'll be calm. We'll That's be crying so, together holding hands next to us. So big, so small. It's like a whole hidden orchestration oh my God. of just audience going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, except for when I saw and these two people were like, oh, we've got some cry. I'm like, you can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> can rap guns and ships. No, I've, I've fought Hamilton for a long time. I've only recently come around on it. So I definitely can't rap that, but I do really admire it. Yeah, yeah I don't know it well enough, but good song. But yeah. also The Last Ship, really great. <laughs> I was actually listening. I haven't listened to Hamilton in so long, and I was listening to it on the subway yesterday and just like, like crying on the subway in the finale. I had listened to it in forever, and I was like, this show is so much better than I remember it yeah. being. It's grown on me so run, much. Yeah. Cannot rap. Yeah, the finale is strikingly beautiful. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're like, how are they gonna wrap this up? And then they just blow past. How are they gonna wrap part. this up? Wow, wow. Thanks, Jared. This is, yeah, this is this is my collaborator. <laughs> like, can I do it? Maybe. Okay. Am I gonna do it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know. Yes. Can you like yes. sing me in yes. though? Everyone, give it up for America's favorite fighting French man, Lafayette. Let's take this host by the rains, make a red coast, red of the blood stain. Lafayette. That's enough. <laughs> Good job, Seth. One line. Cool. Now I got something to do when I get home. Now my <laughs> show's closed. <laughs> <laughs> like, learn. Play it over and over. Has an embarrassing onstage story. We've already discussed when I forgot my solo on stage and had <laughs> yeah. to make it up. So I feel like it's been covered. Yeah. With the other Smile show that I was touring, um, I had pants that were kind of a loose fit and, uh, you do the show so many times and like, I don't know, it's just like, you know, sometimes it just becomes easy to forget something kind of crucial. And I definitely forgot my belt uh, and was really having to do most of the show in a plie just to keep the pants where they were. And uh, had to find actually an exit that wasn't there the show uh, to like run across the hospital, like to our change room, like the other end of the building and like come back in time, like for my next song so that- I don't remember this happening. This is not this show. This was oh, the, oh, last, yeah. this is the last show that oh. I smile. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I have also um, lost, my fly has come down and the button mm-hmm. during a tap number, which is a lot of jumping up and down mm-hmm. and not realizing it till about halfway through the number. So then the next half of the number, you're just trying to figure out how to keep those pants on. That's happened to me too, actually. I just realized that. When I was doing Little Women, I had a pair of bloomers, and they were just, like, way too big. And one time, the um, elastics, I had to tie them so tightly, broke. So they were, like, around my ankles while I was doing a scene. And it was, like, the most traumatizing thing that's ever happened to me. I was like, I look like a seven-year-old. I have have one, actually. I just thought, I don't know why that reminded me. George and I were doing Sunday in the Park with George at school. And I I was playing the horn player, who was originally played by a cutout cardboard figure. Um, and they asked me to learn how to play the horn for it, which I had never played before. The cardboard um, cutout also had to play the horn. Had the card, yeah, exactly. Um, and he did it beautifully, so I was, you know, that's what I was going up against. But um, every single show, all I had to play was da, 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 just like, or a variation of that in different keys. And I was so scared every single time. And I got through it most of the time. 
but I finished the both acts. It goes like like Sunday, and I just played boom boom, just me. <laughs> and the show that like all those fellow students came to see was like it was a little farty. It was a little. Like, <laughs> That was pretty embarrassing. That's a lot to trust you with, honestly. I was, I, we were like four days from opening. I was like, can we please just pre-record it? Like, don't make me do this. Like, yeah. no, you can do this. And I, I, I largely did it, but not perfectly every time. <laughs> um, became part of the show from the audience. I'll start us off with my story when I saw Cats the Musical okay. and the Rum Tum Tugger came right up to me, picked me up and carried me through the audience and dumped me on someone in the front row. Whoa. Wait, it that, was that wonderful. happens? This did terrifying. happen to me. That's like Spider-Man crazy. <laughs> I was honestly fine. Like, I don't mind this. There's I know it would be your nightmare, Tara. Nightmare. But, you know, you're in shock. It was over within 15 seconds, but it was That's maybe one of the highlights of my life. Whoa. People, <laughs> people walking through audiences is a big pet peeve of mine. I hate it. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of that to, er, in our last show. <laughs> no, this is fine because yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. wants it. But, like, I, can't, I hate it. Um, I don't know if you guys got to see Brantwood. Yeah. Um, it was like an immersive, like sleep no more kind of show that Sheridan did, um, that we all got to see, and it was like immersive by nature. So everyone was kind of part of the show, I guess. Um, but it's those kind of shows. When I saw Sleep No More, I didn't get too much one on one with any actors, but I know um, in Brantwood when I did, that's kind of a cool experience to like have the actor fully just one on one. It's just about the two of you mm-hmm. in the moment within the narrative of whatever's happening. That's kind of cool. Since Brandwood has been brought up, I just need to gush for a hot second because most people don't know. I think this is one of the best kept secrets, like literally in the world, about like what is possible in immersive mm-hmm. theater. This was like a cast of forty, like a full year of share of the graduating Sheridan class. That this is one of their shows. They overtook an entire high school that the Sheridan Tech program totally like retrofitted with like all this like unbelievable tech. So there was like so many like lights and like actually like some were like like robotic like cues that like something would fall and like drop at like the right time and everyone sometimes like when you're at sleep no more there's only so many performers so there's like large groups and like Alex was saying you don't get that one-on-one this there was like never something not happening there was it was a full-on musical there were many different songs going on at once there were like scenes that would like sync up that like one group was in the top floor like in this classroom and they were talking about some kind of like fight that was breaking out and then you like saw outside there was like another group following this other group that where there were, the, the fight was happening outside it was all perfectly synced up yeah and it was one of the most breathtaking theatrical experiences i've ever had and i think that it's just like i don't know if they can find out financially how to put it on again but like anyone who experienced it like i was genuinely uh, groundbreaking i was working with so it was directed by and written largely by mitchell cushman um and I was working with him on a show this past summer, and so at a, one of our cast parties, me and our, my friend Arena, we're just like asking him about all like the the stuff we didn't get a chance to see about the show, just because even seeing it three or four times, there's like 80 hours worth of material in the one show, so it's kind of cool to like, it's like, oh no, what happened when this guy ran into that room? Like, what what happened with that? Uh, I it, what did it, happen with that? I don't know what happened <laughs> with that guy when he yeah, ran into that's that room. craziness. But if you ever hear Brentwood, go yeah, see it. Go. Cool. Yeah. That would be an awesome kind of show to like go to multiple times yeah. and follow different people. People went like five, six times. I wish I went awesome. three times. Yeah. Went to school for musical theater. Uh, no. Uh, Definitely not. Uh, Does no one have bingo yet? I think we need to speed up this process. I'm one away for one that I can. That you have? Yeah. Um. Plays an instrument. Yeah. That's it. Bingo. Oh, bingo. Whoa, at the same time. Well, yeah, Georgia did say Bingo! And I sang it like I was supposed to. Oh, I didn't win. Okay, so I guess Georgia won. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won. Oh my god, I'm 
there are the first time I played bingo on this tour. No okay. prizes, but yeah, sorry, no prize. Well, that's okay. It's just the pride. This was the this was so fun. I love this. Yeah, yeah this, this was, was really great. fun. <laughs> Made me reflect. So before we go, we are bringing back our favorite segment, which is obsessions of the week. Yum. Steph, do you want to start? I will start us off. Okay, so my obsession of this week. Did anyone watch the season five finale of Schitt's Creek? This no. week? But I do know what happens in it. Uh, it okay, yet. it was so good. They've been working on a production of Cabaret all season. So it culminated in the performance of Cabaret. And it was, one, great because it was great to see these characters out of their element doing something. But it also just felt like such an authentic community theater, not great show of they you know the cat they had the cast party after and they also have their makeup half on in their street clothes i was like (laughs) i relate to that Mm -hmm. um when stevie the character stevie she's saying maybe this time we it was when she was cast as sally bowles it was shocking she should not in in any concept but when she sang maybe this time and i think it works because sally bowles isn't supposed to be that good but she sang it and it lined up with what her character is feeling in that moment it was so good everybody they love a winner so nobody loved me. Lady peaceful, lady happy. That's what I long to be. And I cried, and everyone should watch the whole half of the season because they did Vilcoman in it. They did money uh, throughout the season, and it's so much fun. And that's what I'm obsessed with this week. I've been meaning to like check that. I've seen like the first two episodes or something, but I'm, you I'm, need to finish yeah. season one because season one is the hardest one to get through, and then start going. Eugene Levy used to come into the restaurant that I was working at for a while which, while he was filming. Uh, it's kind of he's. I'm not like starstruck when I see him. He's just kind of a cool person to see. Like, oh, you're you're real. Like you exist. No, he's. How I feel when I see Alex. Oh, <laughs> okay, who wants to start? My obsession this week is that Mervis has started announcing rush policies yes. for shows that they have zero problem selling tickets to. Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I rushed Dear Evan Hansen. Point in ca- yeah, case in point. Um, I just think that that is so essential. We need theater makers that are able to see theater. Not, I don't want to say of the highest caliber, but like what a show could become in that kind of commercial space, we need we need to have access to that and you know to all types. But um, let's start another movement on here. If we dear old Shiz app is one. <laughs> the second is that I really want theaters in Broadway to just all agree that once you've recouped a show, you need to have a rush policy. You need to have something like beyond like a lottery where there's literally nothing is guaranteed. There needs to be things in place where the people have already made their money Mm -hmm. to give back because I understand that a lot of shows don't make their money back and that's totally okay and they need to make their money back. But for all those other ones, those big heavy hitters that will just be there forever, like we can do a little better. Um, I just watched Fosse Verdon the other day, which I uh, really, really enjoyed more than I thought I was going to. Speaking of cabaret. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of cabaret, which cabaret, I've never seen a production and I even saw it on Broadway with, um, what's his name there? Um, Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. I've never seen a production that's truly like really gotten me into the show. Um, but even that being said, just uh, seeing the behind the scenes aspects of what they're doing. There's also just like a huge payoff of this show of just knowing things about music theater history and just knowing who people are and like, you know, they're, they're subtly talking about company, and I'm like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> I texted them when they exactly. talked about company. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I was very captivated for the whole, like, 45 minutes, however long it was. Um, 
I, I love that that's being done. I have, like, a lot of respect for Ryan Murphy. Um, not a Ryan Murphy show. Wait, is it not? No, we, we were shocked to, to find this out. Are we, you kidding? I swear. We oh had to edit it's, out an episode. It's Lin Manuel and Tommy Kale and Andy Yankovic. I knew Tommy Kale was directing it, but I didn't know Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel was a producer. I was like a hundred percent sure Ryan Murphy was involved. And most of the critic reviews are it needs the Ryan Murphy flair. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited to to. I would just love that that kind of thing is interesting enough to have a fan base of yeah. people that will watch that every week. And Georgia. Um, I kind of already talked about it before, and it's um, I'm honestly like three years late, but right now I've. I'm really just obsessed with Hamilton again. Like, I listened to it when when it first came out. It actually also took me a while to listen to it because everyone just talked about it so much. And I was like, it can't be that good. I just bought it, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know why. If I'm going to enjoy it, I should just listen to it. But then, I, I've never seen it. But then, uh, I I just... It was on my shuffle, and it was, like, one of the only albums I had downloaded on my Spotify, and I was, like, having so many issues with my Spotify. So I was like, okay, I'll just listen to Hamilton. So I started from the beginning and listened all the way through on, like, a really long subway ride, and I was like, this it's is so long. It's a long subway ride. <laughs> it, was, it was. so long. Two hours. <laughs> it was, like, and, and, and I just forgot how... how amazing it is and how how amazing it makes me feel and i just really really want to see it because i've and it sucks because i i do see a lot of theater but i also don't see a lot of theater at the same time so there are so many scores that i'm like i really really love but i've actually never seen the show and hamilton i feel like a lot of people haven't seen hamilton because it's so hard to see hamilton but mm. i'm gonna say it again hamilton but it's just, we'll just hide right now <laughs> i've seen it twice i honestly haven't even like made that much of an attempt to see it because no. i just like can't I just also have never even won a lottery, so like we I road trip no to Buffalo. Kind of oh, you did? Whoa. That's a smart way. That's to not it. far. <laughs> like, we road trip yeah. to uh, Ham- Hamilton once, actually. To Hamilton. To Hamilton. Yeah, we did go to Hamilton. That's true. Similar. I technically That's the closest. Wow. Well, <laughs> no, our our best road trip was to Boston last summer to see Moulin Rouge. Wow. How was that? Was Crazy. Whoa. Wild. Better than the movie? Uh, I can't get behind was, the movie. I'm going it to see it again. so good. The movie's great. It's an experience to see this It's show. actually crazy. The like, audience screamed for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, but in a good way. Wow. Not in like, a bad way. Do you feel like this is cult phenomenon potential? Mm-hmm. Or is it just, it feels very but the, mainstream. But the movie is it's, already cult phenomenon, right? So I would say that like. Yeah, but also like nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. So true. Like Act 2 opens with Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Yeah. And, and Toxic. Know, and Toxic. And Seven Nation Army. It's like a full mashup. They updated it. Like, it's great. There's like 65 songs in this show. It's insane. Do they keep... What's the original one? The, the Come on, May. Come on, May. Yes. Do they have the song. elephant okay. love medley? Yes. And it's, but it's crazy. longer and more. They added more. more. But the more. set is the exact same. Really? Like the set is They're the most beautiful thing I've ever spins. seen. It's yeah. insane. Wow. That's incredible. Um, my obsession this week is something that I've already talked about. But the Share Show cast album just came out. Mm. The finale, if you're going to listen to one song. It just brought me back to how I fully weeped for the last 20 minutes of that show. There's a moment where there's an arc of lights that turns into a sea for share and it's insane. I'm so, That's so cool. I'm definitely gonna yeah. listen to it. Me what too. did you think of the share ABBA album? Did not listen to it. Whoa. Her voice is so low. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. It's just getting lower. She gets older. You have thoughts on the share Alba, ABBA album? I'm just happy it exists. I, I could not stand the first Mamma Mia movie, but then I saw Mamma Mia 2 and I loved every second like, of it. You're like, here we go again. And here we go again. <laughs> Kind of for the first time for me though, yeah. uh, and then Cher just appears, and uh, I was just wondering if she like did the movie so she could do the album, or if she did the album. Well, so she could she's be going in- on tour, so I feel like 
just to get her name. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, the first cut of the share show that they did out of town is awful. <laughs> and she was like, I don't want to put my name on this if it's going to be this. But yeah. then they fully It was it. a variety show format, yeah, what I understand. Weird. So It's great now. It's now. Less. I just don't think you can go wrong with having a great time in the theater. And I yeah. think that's what yeah. that is. There are, like, that's bad true. shows that are entertaining, and then there are bad shows that are, like, bad a waste of time yeah and stephanie j block is insane in that Um. show and speaking of stephanie j block our next episode is actually us reacting to the tony nominations we did a early vote in january of what would be nominated for the 2019 tonys so we are gonna see if our predictions are correct it was it was fun. It was fun. Do you guys have any Tony predictions? Do you have any thoughts on it? No, I I'm, haven't even sat down to think about it I'm yet. I'm so unaware of what's even, what this season consists of. Yeah. I feel like I've not, there's, I, there was like several years in a row where we went to like New York every, at least once, and I got to see a bunch of the shows and it was really mm-hmm. cool to see the Tony Awards after, but I just haven't had a chance to in the past little while. What are the big shows this year? We King think Kong. King Kong will not be nominated for Best anything. musical King winner. Kong will be nominated for Best Puppetry. It's not a category. A special award. <laughs> it yeah, will be nominated for Scenic, though, award. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, we think Hadestown is going to win yeah, everything. Yeah, Hadestown probably yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Brief Carney and Patrick Page reunion. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. <laughs> Did TV Carpio do it with them? Uh, one I of the productions? I think so. Maybe when the it was in Canada. It was in... it was in Edmonton for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Super but I'm cool. pretty sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys have next for Smile Theater? Smile is doing uh, a show that's going to be more like review style, so just like great, like old songs they grew up with. Uh, you know, put in a kind of like narrative structure. It's going to be a blast. There will be some puppetry, a little bit smaller than what King Whoa. Kong is doing. So you're not but, having um, a two thousand pound puppet? No, uh, it's like fifteen hundred pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like they have amazing Stephanie Graham and uh, Rob Tor, Canadian musical theater icons behind this one. They're really going to put something together yeah. really special. Georgia and I are both moving out of our separate apartments this month. So wow. now that we're done bingo, we're yeah. going to focus on that. Uh, but we're also going to be, Georgia and I are both going to be doing the Serenades program starting Monday, um, which is a great way to just stay connected with Smile, stay connected with the, the senior audience, and just uh, just a great chance to sing honestly at least once or twice a week which mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. sometimes when you're not on contract you don't really have that opportunity and, and this is just a great way to connect to people and enjoy music where can we follow you guys uh, alex Panettin <laughs> at instagram.com george underscore bennett at instagram.com <laughs> um write me a letter smile theater has an instagram and twitter the smile theater, smile theater and yeah. also smile theater is, is it .com or .ca uh, one of those. One of those two. <laughs> yeah. um, you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at off 2 Podcast. That's with the number two. And make sure you check out Smile Theater. We'll tweet out their website so you can find out more about them. And before we go, can you guys sing us out Believing in the Method? Believing in the method is the key to the method. Believing in the method is the key to the method. Believing in the method is the key to the method. Believing in the method is the key to the method. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.